What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Next Level Freedom Church podcast. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church in Jackson, Missouri. If you're seeking a church family that can help you grow in your relationship with Christ, or maybe you just want to check us out online, be sure to check out our website, www.nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. I hope today's episode will inspire you and encourage you as you fulfill the destiny God has for your life and fulfill your divine purpose in God's master plan. Thanks for tuning and God bless. Good morning. How's guy? Wow, we got a fuller house than we had earlier when I looked. Praise God. Welcome, everybody. So uh, welcome to those of you online. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church right here in Jackson, Missouri. We're so glad you joined with us online this morning. But what we want to do is invite you to join with us right here live and in person next week at 1225 Old Cape Road, Jackson, Missouri. It's not the same being there as it is being here. Amen. Oh, man, a few of you know that. Amen. Amen. Here we go. Let's waking up this morning. Merry Christmas. I mean, last week, or well, I guess for them last week, what's going up today, this week, they got to hear the Christmas story. They got to hear about Mary and Joseph, because we talked about that last week, right here in the house. Today, we're going to continue this journey with the wise men, because how many of y'all know the wise men weren't there at the nativity scene that you guys are used to seeing? They didn't show up till, let's believe, probably a couple of years later that the wise men came brought the gifts, and what's really amazing is if you study that out, the gifts that they brought actually paid for Mary and Joseph's trip to Egypt so that they could live for a while and brought them back. So see how God planned that out? See, you all thought they were just being nice, giving them gold and frankincense and myrrh. No, those are very expensive items. So those actually funded their journey to Egypt, which they took when they were, we're going to get to that a little bit today, when the angel told them to flee to Egypt because the child's life was in danger. And uh, we're, not, we're not quite there yet. Last week we talked about Mary, we talked about Joseph, we talked about the faith of Joseph because he had to believe that this lady was a virgin. Mm, imagine it showing up, guys. It's okay, it's God's kid. Okay. You going to believe that? All right. So the faith of Joseph was there uh, until God actually sent an angel who appeared to him in a dream and told him what she said was true. And so y'all know God still works in that type of ways today. See, a lot of times in our churches now, we tend to forget God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He speaks to me in dreams all the time. You can hear his voice if you're listening. He'll speak. He'll give you advice. He'll tell you. He'll give you counsel. He'll tell you. Like last week when we talked at the end of service about him telling us to start praying for our new campus. Because uh, this is campus number one or branch number one as we like to call it. The second branch is coming. We're probably two to three years out from that. But God said go ahead and start praying for it now. Because I think the two to three year part that he gave me is kind of dependent upon us. What decisions that we make? Are we going to make the right ones? Are we going to do the right things? Because we can have it in two years, or it could be three. So y'all be praying for the leadership in this house as we pray for direction and how to go. Um, But pray for your fellow believers, too. Good to see some of you back. We missed you guys on Wednesday, some of you. And uh, 
So those of you that couldn't be here today, thanks for joining with us online. So remember last week, I kind of ended with the fact that the star itself was actually a prophecy given way back in the book of Numbers, which is way back. We're talking when Moses was here with the Israelites, delivering them from Egypt and Numbers and all the good stuff that happened there. There was a prophecy that was given in the book of Numbers, chapter 24, verse 17, about a star. It says, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. He knew it was going to be a while. Capital H, by the way, if you're looking, at least in the New King James there. Because it was referencing the Messiah. Then it says, a star, here it is, you guys ready? Shall come out of Jacob. A scepter shall rise out of Israel and batter the brow of Moab and destroy all the sons of tumult. And I had to look up that word tumult this morning. And I got my kids thing here. Hang on, let me close that. And here's what it said tumult is. Because you might be looking at that and say, well, destroy the sons of tumult. What is that? Right? Here's what it says. A loud, confused noise, especially one caused by a large mass of people. A tumult of shouting and screaming broke out is an example that they give on the online dictionary. So here's how you could almost read that verse. And destroy all the sons of confusion. Tumult. It's tumultion. Yep, same thing. Yep. It's just a different way of saying it. Yes. So... I read that again, and I'm like, okay, so it says, and batter the brow of Moab and destroy all the sons of confusion or loud noise or things that are keeping people distracted. Anybody noticed anything in this world we're living in right now? All the noise people are making. A lot of them still believe in that old saying, what was it, the squeakiest wheel gets the oil? So they think if they scream loud enough, they'll get their way. And it's been working in some places, right? But not in my house. The louder you scream, the less chance you got of getting it. That's the way I look at it. So, uh, but see, this prophecy was fulfilled. And I can only imagine when the book of Numbers is being written, and we believe it was written by Moses or someone could have been writing it and Moses was giving the word. But a lot of people even believe that a lot of this stuff was, as history was going, like the laws and things, Moses was referring back. He might have even wrote Genesis up on the mountain when he was gone for 40 days and 40 nights. So, but here's the, the crazy part is, and the part that people don't understand is there were other history books. You got the book of Jasher. You got the, all these old other books that aren't in your Bible because they weren't seen as spiritual books, but they're history references. And so it's believed that even Moses would have had documentation. So he rewrote it in a way that was the most important things he thought could be pointed out in the book of Genesis. But we get over to the book of Num Numbers while they're wandering in the wilderness and this word comes, and it's got to sound strange. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob. A scepter shall rise out of Israel and, a batter, and batter the brow of Moab and destroy all the sons of confusion. Here's where that was fulfilled in your New Testament. This is, you're talking thousands of years before it actually happened, which explained the whole I see him, but not now and not near thing. Thousands of years later, you suddenly get a prophecy being fulfilled because in Matthew chapter 2, it says, now after Jesus was born, because remember we got to the birth last week, 
After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that has been born the king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Isaiah tells us, For unto us a child is born. To us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So we've got the star, right? We've got the wise men showing up, wondering to know where the Messiah is. But did you know that their presentation of gifts was prophecy as well? Given way back in the book of Psalm, chapter 72, it talks about these wise men are kings giving gifts. Psalm chapter 72, verse 10 and 11 says, May the kings of Tarshish and of distant shores bring tribute to him. May the kings of Sheba and Seba present him gifts. May all kings bow down to him and all nations serve him. So some of y'all are learning something new today. Prophecies you didn't know was in your Bible. See, we always talk about, oh yeah, he fulfilled all the prophecies. How many of y'all could name just a few of those prophecies that he fulfilled? Most of us just, it sounds good, so we say it, but we've never actually looked at the Bible to find out how many prophecies were given thousands of years before Jesus came. And then when he was here, the prophecies about him being here that have come to pass. The fulfillment of the kings bringing tribute to Jesus is in Matthew chapter 2, verse 9. It says, after they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Now check this out. Here's how we kind of know that it was probably a couple of years later before they showed up. Coming to the house... What was Jesus born in? A manger. He was born in a stable. He wasn't in a house. So some time has passed. They've gotten themselves a house now. That's just one thing that stands out here. Coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Because Herod told them, when you find him, tell me about him. I want to come and worship him. Well, Herod actually had other plans. He was going to come and kill him. Because he didn't, this guy was crazy. If you read in the history of Herod, this Herod, because there were several, this Herod, he killed his own children to keep them from ascending to his throne. If he even sensed that you were trying to get his crown, he would kill you or have you killed. So Herod, they were warned in a dream about Herod. But here's the crazy part. Did you know that his escape to Egypt was prophesied as well? Hosea 11.1. And this will make more sense when I read it where it was fulfilled in Matthew. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. Oh, well, he's talking about the Israelites being delivered there, Pastor. Well, maybe. But there's another meaning there. 
Out of Egypt I called my son. Well, how do you know that? Well, continue reading there in Matthew chapter 2, verse 13. It says, When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and they left for Egypt where he stayed until the death of Herod, and so it was fulfilled. Here's where Matthew quotes what I just quoted you out of Hosea. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. Because when he came back, he had to come back out of Egypt. Anybody ever noticed the role Egypt plays in the Bible? There are lots of roles Egypt plays in the Bible. Abram lied in Egypt. Told the Pharaoh Sarai was his sister. She was, his half-sister. So he lied, though. He didn't say anything about it being a wife. Brought plagues. Later, his son did the same thing. Isaac lied. Egypt. Eventually, they go to bondage. Yes, they go to bondage in Egypt, which is where Moses comes into the scene. They get delivered from Egypt. Egypt is a constant reference in our Bible, and even in the New Testament, God is bringing his son out of Egypt. But see, the death of the, uh, the firstborns or the children under two was prophesied as well. It was prophesied that there would be great sorrow surrounding the time of his birth and many children would be killed. Prophet's nailing it, right? Jeremiah 31.15 is where it's at. Jeremiah 31.15 tells us, this is what the Lord says. A voice is heard in Ramah. Mourning and great weeping, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Well, how do you know that's prophecy? Because Matthew quotes it again here in just a minute. If you read there in verse 16, it says, when Herod realized that he had been outwitted or duped in our society, right? Had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious And he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. This is where they believed that there was possibly a two-year gap between the time when the wise men showed up and the time of the birth because Herod kills every child two years and younger. Why would he kill a two-year-old if it was a newborn baby? There would be no need unless he just wanted to be vicious. And he was. He was a crazy man. He was psycho. Y'all think you, you know some psychos. Y'all knew Herod. This man literally was nuts. He had lost his mind. And as we spoke of before, if he felt anyone was after his crown, he'd kill him. Even if there was no intent there. Verse 17 says, this is where Matthew quotes what we just talked about. That is what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled, or then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled, sorry. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping, great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Can you imagine losing a child in this way? Refusing to be comforted because they're no more. This is where the mourning comes in. But you see, The crazy part is, it was said Christ would be filled with power and peace, power, peace, and the Spirit from birth. 
We read this verse earlier, Isaiah 9, 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Isaiah 61 says it this way, verses 1 to 3. And some of you, if you watch The Chosen, you probably know this verse by now. Jesus read this in the temple. And I believe it was his hometown, if I'm not mistaken. He said, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. To proclaim favor, or I'm sorry, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, some of you who watch The Chosen know he stopped right there and the guy's like, hey, why didn't you finish the verse? He said, because the day of vengeance is in the future. That's true. It was. Jesus didn't read the last part, but here's what the last part says. In the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion and bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. That's where Lisa gets her beauty for ashes thing you always see her talking about if you follow her online. And the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Where was that fulfilled at? The verse we just talked about is in Luke chapter 4. This is where Jesus stood. He went to Nazareth, hometown. He ends up going back later. Oh, he's a Nazarene. That's a prophecy too, but we're not even going there. He shall be called a Nazarene. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, and he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of the sight for the blind, and to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he stopped. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. That's why they tried to kill him. He was claiming, mm -hmm, that happened in his hometown. He was proclaiming he was the Messiah. All eyes were on him. Can you, I can only imagine the stillness of that room, amen? He sits down, all eyes are on him, and what did he say? Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Didn't talk about the day of vengeance, the year of the Lord's favor. That's where we're at. Vengeance is in the future. God's coming. Vengeance will happen. It will happen. Judgment will come. It's not yet. You still got time. That's the good news. I want to look at one more prophecy this morning as we get ready to wrap up. We also know from scriptures that the timing of Christ's birth and the life would come before the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple, and it did. The temple was destroyed in A.D. 70, completely destroyed. Jerusalem was left in ruins. That was about 40 years 
after Jesus had already died and left. This is why it wouldn't have worked if it would have happened today. He had to fulfill it in God's time. He had to be born in God's time so that he could fulfill this prophecy coming from the book of Daniel, chapter 9, verses 25 to 26. It says, no one understand this. From the time the word goes out to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the anointed one, the ruler, comes, there will be seven sevens and 62 sevens, and it will be rebuilt with streets and a trench, but in times of trouble. After the 62 sevens, the anointed one will be put to death and have nothing. What is Daniel doing? Without going into details a whole lot, he's giving specifics. This is when you can expect it to happen. He's acknowledging years and the time of when Jesus would die. The people of the ruler who will come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end will come like a flood. War will continue until the end, and desolations have been decreed. We can find that fulfillment in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 24 to 25. He himself bore our sins and his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Notice it's become past tense. When Isaiah gave it, by his stripes you will be healed. When Peter says it, you have been healed. It's sealed. You just got to receive him. The debt's already been paid. Verse 25 says, for you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Remember, we talked about this when we talked about Matthew 24, which I am coming back to. I know it's been a while, but God has told me to do this first. So we're going to come back to Matthew 24 and 25 when we talk about the signs of the times. But God told me to break and talk about basically him for a while. So uh, Matthew 24, though, we read this when we talked about Matthew 24, was it early or mid-November sometime? The disciples are standing on the Mount of Olives looking back at the city of Jerusalem and the temple and all the great, it's a great view. And Jesus has had a rough day. He's been arguing with the Pharisees, these religious leaders in the temple and in the city. And they're walking up the mountain and the disciples trying to lighten the mood probably. Look back and say, look, Lord, what a great view. And here's what Jesus' response was. He gave a prophecy. He says, do you see all these things? He asked. Truly I tell you, not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. Can you imagine the awkward silence in that moment probably? Disciples trying to lighten the mood. Jesus is like, there's not going to be anything left. Not one stone is going to be left standing on another stone. This happened about 40 years later. Just an approximate. Jesus has come. He's come that we might live. The reason we know that he has come is because the prophecies point that direction. I read the prophecies from the actual Gospels. So you would know that even the original apostles knew and were looking for prophecies to be fulfilled. 
and they saw them fulfilled in Jesus. Now, from here, I'm praying on direction I should go. All right, there's a, there was one way I thought we were going to go with this series, but now God's got me maybe going another way. We might be taking a look at prophecies of the Messiah. We won't be able to get through all of them. There's hundreds, but we can hit on some of the key ones. So we're either going to go one way or another. I'm still praying on that because we're already in the midst of a prophecy. Why not continue talking about the prophecies of the Messiah? Because I can almost guarantee you not everybody in here could raise your hand and say, I know all the prophecies that were fulfilled. Matter of fact, I'd say none of you can because there's a lot. There's a lot. Remember, just the, I think it's the chance of him fulfilling maybe one or two of those prophecies were, remember we talked about the state of Texas covering it in quarters, the whole, about three foot deep, just the whole state, marking one quarter and tossing it into the batch and then telling someone, go find it. Now you got the whole state of Texas to look through to find the one. That's the chances of him just filling maybe three or four of those prophecies. But he fulfilled all of them. And you know what's crazier than that? People talk about all that was planned. Well, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. The prophecy said he would be. He had no control over where he was born. He was in the womb. Father God had to have some interference in that, we'll call it. What happened? Remember, they had no plans of going to Bethlehem, but then all of a sudden Caesar... Oh, makes a decree. You have got to go to your homeland, and we're going to do a census. You're going to go to your hometown. You're going to sign up. So his hometown being that Joseph and Mary both were from the tribe of David was Bethlehem. Jesus couldn't have predicted. He was in the womb. But God could. Amen? Mm-hmm. That was in the temple when he was messing with coins. But that was a good, that's a good one, too, but that's not, we're not there yet. So, praise God. That's actually one of my favorite. I love how he puts it in their face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, for those of you online, we're just talking. I know you can't hear what she's saying. So, uh, thank you so much for joining with us online. I want to wish you, and I know you've already, if you're online, you've tuned to this a week later. So, I hope you had a Merry Christmas. Praying God blesses you in the new year that is coming. God bless you. We'll see you next time.